Hey, Liverpool One Church, it is so good to see you today. How is everyone doing? Everyone doing okay? All right, that's all four of us. That's amazing. Well, we're going to have a great uh, day today in church. We're actually in week three of our current series, Mind Games. And um, if you've missed any of the last few weeks, I really would just encourage you, like, just go back, check those out online, because we've been talking about some of the some of the issues that really, if we're super honest, and I understand that in church, we all like to wear a mask and put on our I'm fine face. But the truth is, if we're all super honest, we We've been talking about the issues that actually, they really affect you and I. And absolutely, if you're a follower of Christ, these issues that we've been speaking about, about the way in which our mind can play games with us, especially in relation to fear and depression. And tonight, we're gonna talk about worry. We've just been starting to explore the way in which Scripture can really help us deal with some of these games that sometimes our minds play on us all. So that's the topic of conversation tonight that we're going to be speaking about worry. Now, I thought that it would be fun if we started out with a really, really quick game. So in just a moment, there's going to be an image on the screen. And what you're going to find is that there are two boxes. There's a top box and there's a bottom box, two squares. So my question to each and every one of you, and we're going to play this game by way of a show of hands, is simply this. My question is, which box is the darkest? So if you think that the top square is the darkest box, can you just give me a show of hands? That's, oh wow, that's like a lot of you, okay? So is there anybody that maybe would think that the, the bottom square is the darker colored square? Like anybody, nobody, Nathan, but you were at the 11, so stop cheating, because I know you were here, because I saw you, bro. And, um, but here's the thing, is there anybody that maybe would look at the two squares and say, well, actually, I think they're the same color. Anybody? Okay, a couple, a couple like hardly anybody. But here's the thing, when you look at certain images, there's so much clever things that you can do in relation to color, gradients, and shading. I mean, watch what happens to the color of both the top box and the bottom box, both squares, if we just black out that middle band of white that's separating the two squares. Now, we haven't changed the colors at all, but everyone can see that those two squares are in fact the same color. Because as far as gradients and shading is concerned, it can change the way you perceive things. Certain different lines of different color changes the way that you can actually look at things. The color hasn't changed, but the gradient or the shading of the colors around the boxes has. It's almost like someone is playing games with our minds. You know, in relation to worry, I don't know where on the spectrum of life you find yourself. Because some people are kind of like, they live life so worried and so concerned about like everything all of the time. It's like, you know, they need medication to get up out of bed and they're just riddled with anxiety and they struggle to just kind of do even the most basic things in life because worry has like completely overcome them. If they are on like maybe one side of a pendulum swing, then perhaps this talk today is not gonna be the most beneficial for you. Or maybe if you're on the opposite end of the pendulum swing and maybe you're like so cool, you're like so ultra calm, nothing bothers you 
ever. I mean, like nothing freaks you out. You just are like in a permanent coma as far as worry is concerned. And you're on the other side of the pendulum. Well, perhaps this message today might not be all that helpful to you either. But if you find that your life is somewhere in the middle, then this is gonna be a great talk for you to be engaged with. Because if you find sometimes that you get frustrated because you feel like, man, I'm just worrying about all of this stuff. I mean, and there are so many things in life that we all worry about if we're honest, right? I mean, there are so many worries that come our way in relation to finances, our jobs, what's happening in the business, our career path, our career progression. We can worry about that. It plays on our mind. It concerns us. It consumes us. We worry about our relationships. We worry about our marriages when we're in one. We're worried when we're not in one that we may never end up in one. I mean, we worry about our friendship groups. If you're a parent, you know exactly what it's like to worry about your children. We worry about our health and we all know exactly what it's like to deal with this issue of worry. I mean, it affects us all. Do you know one of the things that has surprised me as a parent? It's that I thought that when you were a parent, you would kind of like arrive at this place, and I'm not too sure what age I thought that would be at, but where your children would reach a certain age, and then as a parent, you would kind of like just stop worrying about them. That's what I actually thought. I thought that what would happen is like when they're born, you worry that they're going to be healthy and you want them to be strong and you want them to, you know, kind of start life well and then that goes fine. And then when they're like three and four, you worry about them getting into the right school and then you worry that they're not going to make friends and then you worry that they're not going to do okay in all of the SATs and then they start to go to high school and you worry that they're not going to be in the right school and you worry that they're not going to be influenced by the wrong people and the kind of life as a parent, you you end up spending so much of your time like worrying about your children, don't we? And yet, I always thought that we'd come to a point in our life where we would just literally be able to stop worrying about them at all. But actually, that is not true at all. We were sat having dinner in our house just this week and Isaac, our middle boy, he kind of like, he just piped up with this statement that was one of the most alarming and concerning things I've ever heard any of our children say. I mean, it was ridiculous. It was so ridiculous, it was downright stupid. He just literally comes out with it at the dinner table and he started to recount this event where he thought that it would be a really funny thing if he was gonna put and post his friend's two dogs that he absolutely loved online for sale for Gumtree at Gumtree for absolute free and he's just like hey do you remember when we did the thing and he gets his phone out and there's the image on Gumtree of our friend Ollie's two dogs that are like so cute and looking puppy faced and there's this advert just saying Ollie's giving his dogs away he's got to relocate when he absolutely was not relocating at all he did not want to give his dogs away and he's just like and the funniest thing was is we put his address on there and we put his mobile number on there and his phone was going all the time for people wanting to come and collect and pick up his dogs and people were knocking at his house saying can we have the free dogs and Ollie's freaking out because he's like I don't want to sell my dogs. And I'm just like, that is irresponsible. I mean, that is downright crazy. Why would you do such a thing? And then I'm kind of like weighing up everything that he's done. And there was honestly a part of me that was like, hmm, you know what? I kind of respect that. I wish that I'd have come up with that and done that myself. But as a parent, the truth is, you just kind of don't ever arrive at a place in life where you're no longer worrying about your kids. They're constantly doing stupid things. It's just how it rolls, you know? You always find that there's always something else 
to worry about. But for me, it might be as a parent. For you, it might be over something else. But the reality is, is that we all know what it's like to worry about something or someone, a health issue, a finance thing, a job thing. We all have worries. But the problem with worry is that there are so many serious ill effects of what worry brings to your life. Here's just a few. The ill effects of worry start by it damages your health. Do you know that if you constantly live life worrying and considering all of the time about the eventualities, about what might happen, then what happens is it can affect your physical body badly. It can deprive you of your appetite, it can interfere with your lifestyle habits, it can negatively affect your relationships, your sleep, even your performance at work. In fact, some people end up living life worrying so much, so excessively, that they end up looking for some kind of way to escape from this. And you know, and it's really easy sometimes to say like, just put the bottle down, but I think it's hard to say just put the bottle down when you don't know what someone's story is. I mean, what was the thing that happened that caused you to pick up the bottle in the first place? Because sometimes it's just a, it's a coping mechanism because we look for any kind of way of relief. We smoke, we do drugs, we do alcohol. All of these things can start to come into your life simply as a result of just worrying excessively about something that's going on in your world. You know what happens when you worry though is that your body kind of doesn't know all that well how to handle it. So then all of these hormones are created. One of them, a particular one, is called cortisol. Now cortisol, it increases and boosts your blood sugar levels, which on its own is not a huge problem, but it does cause difficulty in swallowing, dizziness, dry mouth, a fast beating heart, fatigue, headaches, inability to concentrate, irritability, muscle aches, muscle tension, nausea, nervous energy, rapid breathing, shortness of breath, sweating, trembling, and twitching. I mean, there are so many adverse effects to your physical health as a result of worry. But the problems are really generated when your body doesn't know what to do with all of these hormones, including cortisol, as a result of an increased amount of your blood sugar levels. Because if it's not burnt off in the way of exercise, then it gets serious. Then we're talking about digestive disorders. We're talking about muscle tension, even short-term memory loss, premature coronary artery disease, even heart attacks can happen as a result of worrying so much. So it's true that we can all see, right? When you worry, it damages your health. You know, not only does it damage your health, but it disrupts your productivity too. Maybe this is something that we can all relate to. Like when you're consumed with worry, it's really hard to go to work and have a really constructive and effective day in work. It's kind of like because you're worrying about one thing that's maybe happening at home or in the family or in your health, it just stops you being productive in every other area of life. And now everything that you used to do without any drama at all is now a huge drama and you can't get it done. And now because you can't get it done, you start to have an increased amount of low self-esteem. So you do what I do, you now start to exaggerate all of your workload. It's like you make out that you're the busiest person on the planet, like nobody else has got a job like you. Nobody else has to handle the pressures that you have to handle, when in reality, you're not actually getting a great deal done at all. It's just a consequence of worry. It disrupts your productivity. But perhaps 
The most significant negative effect of worry is this. Worry is devastating to your faith. I mean, if you're a follower of Jesus, if you're a Christian, if you live a life that is just consumed with worry, this is really bad for your, for your health and for your faith. It's really bad because something that can start out as a small problem can very, very quickly become a really big problem. Because when you live life riddled with worry, it detrimentally affects your relationship with God. Because when you live life worrying, you struggle trusting. And as a follower of Christ, as a follower of the way, as a follower of the maker of heaven and earth, we're called to trust God. And yet worry is the device that seems to rob us of our ability to trust in God. This is a problem for us. And now it kind of makes sense, right? why Jesus spoke directly into this issue 2,000 years ago. I mean, when Jesus put on flesh and he walked the planet as God's one and only son, and he's having these conversations with people that honestly were not all that different to us. I mean, for sure, they're gonna have a different context, a different background to their life, but in reality, we were all kind of the same and we still are even now. And Jesus knew that worry was going to be bad for them in the same way he knew that worry would be bad for us. So Jesus speaks into this issue because he knew that unless you learn a way of dealing with worry in your life, it would be devastating for your faith. And what I love about being a Christian is this, is that it doesn't kind of matter where you are, who you are, what your background is. It doesn't really matter what you're going through. It doesn't matter how maybe locked into a situation that maybe your life finds you right now. What I love about being a follower of Christ is that in God, there's always another option. In God, there's always another way. I mean, you can feel like your back is up against the wall. You can feel like you're downcast and hard pressed. I wanna encourage you and say, look, in God, there really is another way. And Jesus starts to speak about this very particular issue when it comes to worry. He was saying, look, you don't have to live life worried and consumed with all of these concerns about this and about that and about them and about that thing and your family and your fine. He's like, I know that this stuff is gonna happen, but you don't have to live life worried to the hilt about these things. There is another way. There's another option. There's another route that you can travel on that will be way more beneficial to you. So in Matthew 6, in the Gospel of Matthew, Jesus starts to address these issues. And he's kind of aware that this group of people that were surrounding him on that day were exactly the same as we are on this day, living our life, trying to do our best, but often finding our lives just riddled with worry because of the circumstances that sometimes surround us. And he's kind of saying to them, look, Even though you worry in the same way that we worry today, your worries and your concerns, they needn't disqualify you from following me. In fact, this is something that every single one of us has to deal with. And even though you're living life worried right now, this need not be a reason for you to think that you need to stay away from me, but rather it can be the very reason that causes you to draw close to me. So he starts to speak about this idea and he tries to paint this picture by describing how what you worry the most about 
is typically directly linked to what you're devoted to the most. He's kind of saying, look, whatever it is that consumes your thinking and your life, what you're devoted to the most is probably gonna be the very thing that you also worry about the most because your worry is directly linked to your point of your devotion. Let me try and describe it to you like this. If you were to give me a call and say, hey, listen, Luke, I'm so worried that my little Jimmy's not gonna get his grade C and his English GCSEs. I mean, hear me right. I would be concerned about that for a few moments. Maybe we talk about that. I would have empathy towards that. Maybe we could even pray about that. But I'm not going home that night worrying about Jimmy's GCSE grades. And yet to you, with him being your son, your point of devotion, this concerns you all the time. But for me, Jimmy's not my point of devotion. So I'm not overwhelmed with worry and concern about what's going on in your child's education. I mean, do I care? Yeah, absolutely I do. Am I interested? Absolutely. But it's not my point of devotion. So I'm not gonna worry about it in the same way that you're gonna worry about it. But the same would be true if it was one of my children, then you wouldn't be staying awake all night or spending the following day worrying about one of my children because my children aren't the point of your devotion. It would be the same if we were talking about maybe your job or your place of employment and you're like, I just don't know how it's gonna work now. The market's changing, you know, Brexit's looming. Are we in, are we out? Are we gonna have another referendum? It's all uncertain. I don't know what's gonna happen with my job. I mean, I'd have empathy towards you and we'd talk about that and we'd be friends about that and I'd pray for you about that, but I'm not gonna go home and worry about your job in the same way that you're not at home at night worrying about my job because your job isn't my point of devotion, but it often is yours. It's the same with retirement. I mean, like, I hope it works out awesome for you. I hope you get millions. I hope you get to do all the things that you dream of, but your retirement plans aren't gonna cause me to worry about them for you because it's not my point of devotion. And the things that we worry about reflect our core devotions. So the question as we start this talk is simply what if our devotions changed? What if the point of our devotion were to change? Would it affect the amount of worry that we had in our life? So this is what Jesus starts to talk about in Matthew 6, and we're gonna go to verse 24. And interestingly enough, when he opens the conversation, he talks about perhaps one of the most emotive subjects that anybody could ever talk about because he starts the conversation talking about money, right? Because Jesus knew if we're gonna talk about worry, then it would be crazy for us not to bring up and talk about money because worry and money are intrinsically linked. I mean, when the money is down, when the money is flat, it causes stress, it causes concern, It causes anxiety in relationships, in the workplace. Like if we're gonna talk about worry, then we've got to first talk about money. So this is what Jesus says. Isn't it crazy how he kind of like, he knows us, he knows how we think. He knew that money would be a big issue for us today. So he started to speak about it way back then. In Matthew 6, verse 24, he says this. No one can serve two masters. Either you'll hate the one and love the other, or you'll be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. 
You know, perhaps if we were to just press pause for a moment and look at interchanging that word money out for stuff, because in its original word, it was a word called mammon that was not just symbolic and meaning money. It was more about all of the things that you can buy with your money, all of your stuff. And Jesus is starting to speak about worry, but he introduces the concept to us by saying, look, you've just got to know this. You can't really be devoted to God and at the same time be devoted to all of your stuff all the things that money can buy. And he wasn't having a, a go or saying that this is a problem. He wasn't like, it's, not a, it's a bad thing to aspire to have a nice car, have nice stuff. That was not a problem, but he was saying, it just can't be the point of your devotion. Because if it is, then you're gonna end up worrying about all the wrong things. And Jesus makes the statement, like if you're gonna follow him, then make sure that you're living life devoted to God and not to your mammon, not to your stuff. But he goes on in verse 25, he says this, Therefore, so he's linking the two paragraphs together. He's continuing the conversation. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink or about your body or what you will wear. I mean, Jesus was saying, look, I know you. I know what you worry about. And obviously in this culture, in the context that he was speaking, the biggest thing on people's minds was like, well, what am I gonna eat today? What am I even gonna wear tomorrow? Where are we gonna live? How are we gonna stay warm? What are we gonna have for food and for nourishment? Now that might not be the same for us today. I mean, chances are you may even be going home to church and jumping on the Just Eat app and getting in a pizza. With regards to food, I mean, in the main, it's probably not the biggest issue that most people in our nation in the West is facing today, but the issue is still exactly the same. So maybe we could say for us, it's a little bit different, but Jesus would be saying to us, like whatever you do, like don't worry about what's gonna happen when you retire. I mean, don't worry if you're currently single that you're fearful about staying single for the rest of your life. Don't worry about how your health is gonna work out. Don't worry about your son or your daughter who's maybe going through the whole prodigal experience right now and just running away and pushing back from God and pushing back against you, wants nothing to do with faith. He'd be saying, well, don't worry about that. Don't worry about the marketplace. Don't worry about your career ladder. Don't worry about Brexit and the current climate in the political situation. Like, don't worry about all of these things that you and I are naturally inclined to worry about. And it wasn't as though Jesus was saying, look, none of this is important. He wasn't saying that at all. He was just making reference to the fact that, look, there's stuff that's gonna go on in your life and in my life, and we're all the same in this, where there is gonna always be an element of uncertainty about our tomorrow. And none of us are necessarily gonna be able to fix that. And there may be times when things don't happen in a way that you would want them to. Not every single one of your prayers is always gonna be answered. But the point that he was trying to make was this, is even in spite of everything that we can all naturally get ourselves caught up on and worried about, he's trying to say this, guys, there is a way to face uncertainty tomorrow without worrying today. There's another route, there's another option. You don't have to live life consumed with worry and the weight and the burden of it all the time. You don't have to go to sleep at night praying that your heart would just calm down as all of these thoughts race through your head about your son, your daughter, your husband, your wife, your job, your family, your faith. You don't have to live life 
constantly worrying, even though you're facing uncertainty tomorrow. It is possible. It's possible when you're dreaming of a baby and you don't have it yet. It's possible to not live life worrying about that. It's possible when you're desperate for a job or a break in your career and it doesn't feel like anything's coming your way. It's possible for you to face that uncertainty without worrying about it today. Verse 25, he goes on to say this. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Jesus is just like saying, look, can we just press pause for a moment? Can every single one of us just like think big picture for a few minutes? I mean, is life not more than most of the stuff that we like to make life about? Like, can we just press pause a moment? Is life not more important and more significant than whether or not your son or daughter gets into that school or whether or not you're gonna leave university and instantly start on the dream job? Is life not more than your particular career path that you desperately wanna be on? Is life not more than your mortgage term and the holiday that needs pain? Is life not more than all of these things? And Jesus is trying to say, look, just before we go and bring you the solution, just think for a moment. Often we get caught up with the boxes and the individual categories of worry that exist. He's going, look, is life just not bigger than some of these things that we often get so caught up on? And then, just in the way that Jesus always does, it's absolutely brilliant and I love it. It just starts to talk about the solution, like the antidote for what we're supposed to do with worry, knowing that we get caught up on this stuff all the time. And I'm going to kind of give you an advanced warning and say like, on one hand, what Jesus is about to say, it's just brilliant. But on the other hand, it's just so frustrating because it's kind of like so simple. You'll kind of go like, get away. There's no way that's for real. And Jesus is like, no, listen to me. This is the solution. If you want to be able to face uncertainty tomorrow without being riddled with worry today, then you've got to do this. In verse 26, this is what he says. He says, look at the birds of the air. And I know right now everyone's like, what? Are you for real, Jesus? You want us to go like bird watching for a few moments when I'm like desperate for a job right now? I mean, seriously, that is not helpful to me. Like, Jesus, whoa, hang on. Do you know what I'm dealing with in my health right now? I mean, have you any idea how much hard work my son or daughter is being? Hey, do you know that I'm desperate to get that job and move up on the career ladder and you want us to go bird watching for a moment, Jesus? Are you for real? I mean, it's kind of like one of those conversations and you can just picture it, can't you? You're like walking through the centre of town and you're just walking down, Dales, uh, down Church Street and kind of like you're having a heart-to-heart -heart moment with your mate and you're just pouring out your heart to him and you're like, yeah, I've just got, I've got this going on and I'm really worried about it and I'm like, I just don't know what to do and I'm so concerned about it and the thing's gone wrong and I don't know how that... And then your mate just kind of like, just goes, whoa, just stand still for a minute, will you? And you're kind of like looking at him and expecting him to give you these pearls of wisdom and he just taps you on your back and he goes, listen, Gary, look at the birds. And you're like, are you for real? Like, we're just gonna stand here looking at the birds. It's like, you know, that's almost like every wife's worst nightmare, isn't it? When your husband turns to you and says, just look at the birds <laughs> of the air. I don't know what you're thinking. Verse 26, though. Jesus goes on and he says, look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns. 
Now bearing in mind, you've got to remember, he's addressing their culture. He's speaking into the context directly that is applicable to their life. So maybe if he was saying the same thing to us today, he'd be like, look at the birds. Like, do you see the way they're just kind of like swooping and swallowing and flying all around? Do you see how you can see them up there in the air? You see how you can see them against the canvas of the sky and they're not concerned about how they're gonna repay their student loan after university? Can you see the way that they're not concerned about their pension plan? Can you see the way that they're not concerned about how they're gonna get the job or make the grade? Can you see the way that they're not concerned about whether or not they're gonna find a husband or a wife? I mean, they're just like, just flying around, just doing their thing like, woo, let's go south. We've not done that for a while. Or woo, there's a twig, let's go and pick this up and we can build a house from this. Hey, didn't we do this last year? What the heck, there's a twig, let's pick it up. It's kind of like they live just these super simple lives. I mean, no budgets, no bank account, no responsible stuff. And yet here you are, earnestly trying to make it work and study and be committed in work and be committed in your relationships and be the best parent. And Jesus is saying, you see the way these birds just kind of like just swallow around doing their thing and here you are and you're working at this and you're trying to do your best. I mean, you're trying to be the best parent. I mean, look at what the birds do as parenting. I mean, they literally, they take their chicks when they reach a certain age and they literally just kind of like go, it's time to fly or die, baby, and just nudge them, just flick them out of the nest. I think that I would love to take that approach to parenting. That would be awesome. Some of you are like, yeah, that totally works. Do you reckon I could do that to my 25-year-old? Yes, let's go. But the reality of it is, is Jesus was like, look, just, just take a moment. Do you see the way that they've not got a care in the world? And then he goes on and he says this, and yet your heavenly father feeds them. And now he asks a question. Are you not much more valuable than they? Because if you can find an answer to that question, changes everything when you think about how we worry. He's saying, do you think that God is more concerned about the birds of the air that he lovingly cares for and takes care of than he is concerned about you, who by the way, you who were made in God's image, you who were made with God's fingerprint of DNA running through every vessel in your life, you whose life was given to you and all mankind as a result of the breath of the one and only God, you who when he gave Jesus Christ as his one and only son to die on a cross, to make a way possible for us to have relationship with him, when he gave Jesus, he was thinking about you and not the birds of the air. You see, when you understand that God cares for you way more than he cares for the birds of the air, it changes everything in relation to the way in which we worry in life. It changes everything because now if you're single and if you're worried that you're never gonna find a life partner, Every time you see a bird in the sky, you can see that bird and know in full confidence that God cares for you more than the birds and he cares for the birds so he'll take care of you. So now when you're a single parent and you're worried with all the concerns that come with your teenager who feels like he or she is going off the rails and you don't know how it's gonna work out, every time that you see a bird in the air, you can know and take it as a promise from God that if he caters for the birds in the air, 
there, how much more so is he gonna cater and care for you? It's the same if you're newly married and desperate for a baby and haven't fallen pregnant yet. Well, God who cares and caters for all the needs with the birds in the air will care and cater for all of your needs and your heart's desires. That's what he's saying. Do you not understand that you are way more valuable to God than the birds of the air? And he takes care of the birds of the air. How much more will he take care of you? And when you understand that, it changes your entire perception and the way you see your heavenly father. It's almost like maybe I don't need to worry as much if I know that you really are looking out for me. And Jesus, by the way, he wasn't trying to play anything down. It's not like he's trying to encourage anybody to be lazy or reckless here. He's almost saying, you see the way that birds just kind of don't do a great deal, but God takes care of them? I'm like, do you see how much you do, how hard you study, how hard you work at the thing, how hard you do in that? Like, if you just continue to do all that you can do, then God will be faithful to do that which only He can do. So when you are without a job and you're desperate for a change in your circumstances, then yeah, fill out the application, put your suit on, go knocking on every door possible. You've got to do that which you can do. And then when you have, you can trust and leave it with your heavenly Father, knowing and believing that He will do that which only He can do. And I love what he goes on to say in verse 27 because he just asks this other question. He says, can any one of you by worrying, add a single hour to your life. I mean, doesn't that just bring so much clarity? When you think especially about how much time we all spend worrying about the things that happen to us. And he's like, can you even add a single hour to your life by doing all of that worrying that you're so accustomed to doing? Let me ask you this way. Can you add certainty to your future by worrying about it today? By worrying or getting anxious about everything that you've got going on, by calling your friend, by posting on social media, by tossing and turning, by being unable to sleep, does it at all create any certainty for tomorrow? You see, it doesn't. So Jesus was like, so, so follow me and choose a different route and don't live life consumed and concerned by worry all of the time because your heavenly Father that takes care of the birds of the air loves you and has called you and will care for you and will cater for every single one of your needs and your heart's desires. He was saying, look, there is another way when you understand that God loves you more than the birds of the air. You know, prior to me leading the church here at Liverpool One, I was in the police and that was a job that I'd done for a long period of time. And I can remember one particular day and I can't really remember the reason why, but it transpired that Emma, my wife, was picking me up from work and she brought our youngest to the station and he kind of came to the back door at the nick and he was like trying to get in. And we let him inside and he was really inquisitive and he wanted to know like who was who and what was happening. So I gave him a bit of a dad tour type of thing, you know, a little bit of, um, you know, parents rights type of thing. 
and I was introducing him to just a bunch of my colleagues and all the guys that I worked with. And um, he was always fascinated about like, you know, where do the naughty people go? So it was quiet on that day. And I don't think, I hope there wasn't anybody in custody, but I took my three-year-old boy into the police custody suite with the guy that I was partnered with often. And um, he was like running in and out of these police cells and kind of like he'd found a ball at one point and he was kind of like kicking it around, just being a cheeky three-year-old boy as you would all imagine. And then my friend, my colleague who I was working with, he kind of like jokingly grabbed hold of him and he kind of like forcefully, but in a fun way, ushered him into a cell, placed him in the middle of this police cell. He walked out and slammed this door shut and locked and turned up the handle. So like he's completely now imprisoned within this police cell. And my colleague, he kind of, he let down the hatch and he kind of said to him jokingly, right, you're locked up now. You've really done it. You're not getting out now. That's it now. You're in jail now. And literally, just as an absolute knee-jerk response, I could just hear this three-year-old boy shouting from within his cell, my dad will get me out. My dad will get me out. Because he just had this, immense trust and confidence that no matter what was gonna go on in his world, at three, he was like, my dad's gonna do this. My dad will fix this. Somehow my dad will make a way. You may tell me that I'm locked up. You may tell me that I'm imprisoned, but my dad will get me out. And I think that it's that same principle that Jesus was trying to convey here. He was like, look, you can live life worried, but you just don't have to because your father in heaven, well, he'll get you out. And you know that he'll get you out because if he cares for the birds of the air and how much does he take care of them? How much more? Does he care and value you? So trust that God really can make a way, even when it feels to you like there might not be any way. You see, if God can be trusted in your now, then he can certainly be trusted with your what's next. But you don't stop worrying by choosing to stop worrying. You stop worrying when you choose to start trusting that God really does love and care for you more than the birds of the air. Church, let's stand to our feet. We're gonna pray. Mm-hmm.